Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. Hey, my friends, it's Brendan Burchard, and welcome to Four Breakthroughs. It's an honor to have you listening today on my podcast, whether you're listening on The Brendan Show or High Performance Habits Podcast. These four breakthrough sessions are all about me sharing, hey, what's some things that I've learned throughout the week 
in my own journey and adventures and struggles in trying to maintain high performance in my own life. This week, we're covering productivity flaws, expanding vision, recovery basics, and the qualities of great adventure. If you enjoy this session today, do me a favor, go on to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating or a review. Tell people what you think of my podcasts. I would love to hear your own feedback because I'm still trying to get better and better at this format. This is my most personal episodes that I do, these four breakthrough episodes. But as you can see from uh, you know, High Performance Habits podcast, season one is my entire audiobook of my Wall Street Journal bestseller, High Performance Habits, my book. And in The Brendan Show, I'm always posting the best of trainings that I do with some of my best clients or at live events or through live broadcasts. So enjoy that one too. But for here today, do me a favor. Just make sure if you enjoy this, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, let us know what you think of the podcast. It helps me so much. Today, I'm recording on a new microphone because I am actually on the road. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode and I apologize for any weird audio clicks or clacks or movement you hear. Um, I think you're really going to enjoy this four breakthrough session though. So let's get into it. Part one, productivity flaws. You know, I just spent this last weekend with 2,000 people in Phoenix, Arizona, over four days at my famous High Performance Academy seminar. Shout out to all of those who were there. It's one of the most advanced, and I would say certainly science-backed, personal and professional development programs in the world. Great to see 2,000 people there. It's really, really thrilled by it. And one of the conversations I had with a client there was a conversation about productivity. And they were getting down on themselves and getting upset with themselves. And they didn't feel like they were doing enough at this stage in their life as they had made some big strides earlier in their career and always had these big leaps forward and then suddenly didn't feel the same kind of momentum. And they were just like, ugh. And you could see it on their face that it really bothered them. And I think we've all been there in some way or another. And it inspired a session I did just the other night with some of my mastermind members. If you didn't know, I do private small groups with mastermind members where we get together a couple times a year and we kind of do business brainstorming on, on their brands, on what they're doing. I share some of my latest strategies or tools or techniques I'm not sharing in the broader public. We really work together to improve our own lives and our abilities to reach high performance on a consistent basis. And so I did a session the other night live and in, it was about a three hour session for my mastermind members. We do it via Zoom where I go um, basically on a weekly basis with my mastermind members and just train, teach, coach, share. And it's really inspiring sessions. Sometimes they're an hour or two, sometimes three. But in that particular session, I took on that topic of productivity in a way that got so much feedback. I thought I'd share it with you here. Now, obviously that was a three hour session. This is just about maybe, I don't know, five or 10 minute cut of it, but I'd love to, for you to listen to it because I, you might be in a place where you are in transition in your life. And if you're in transition in your life, you have to perceive productivity in a different way 
than when you're in other times of your life. So I'm going to zoom you in right now into the middle of that conversation, listen to it, and then we'll come back and discuss other productivity flaws that people commonly make. I love this one because everyone's got a different definition of what good productivity is like in their life. Like for this week for me, if you compare this week for me to any other week of the year, I could easily be sad, <laughs> you know? But I'm very happy about how productive I was considering for me, this is a recovery week. So I go, okay, based on a recovery week, how would I gauge my productivity? And I think this is very important for you. Some of you are measuring your productivity each day or each week based on how you produced in your 20s. And that's not fair. It's not fair. People get down on themselves. Well, you know, I used to be so much more productive. Yeah, well, you also used to be 30 and single, and that's different now that you got four dogs, six kids, seven bedrooms in the house, two cars, a mortgage, a business, a team, and 10 more pounds on your butt. Like, calm down now. It's okay that you're not as productive as you used to be. Chill out a little bit. People are too hard on themselves. My hope for you, look, if you get your psychology, your physiology lined up and you're productive, awesome. But get your psychology and physiology lined up anyway so you feel great even on the weeks that you aren't superhuman productive. You deserve that. You deserve to feel great about yourself at this age regardless of how much you're SWAT teaming. And I know that's hard to say because when we go through these sessions, I'm emphasizing be the SWAT team, go kick some butt, let's go, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, come on now. You got to give yourself some credit along the way. And you know what? Live a little. It's, it is, there's no part of the goal of high performance just so that you can work 17 more hours more mindfully. Because remember what we learned in the study, and I, I didn't know this, I didn't used to teach it in this way, was that high performance is succeeding beyond standard norms consistently over the long term while still maintaining well-being and positive relationships. A lot of people can be super productive, but they wrecked their relationships. That's not high performance. A lot of people can be Super productive, but they wrecked their health. Not high performance either because they won't be able to maintain it consistently. So there is no conversation here of productivity just for productivity's sake. Just to say, I did 10 more items. No, it's like, hey, do we feel like we are consistently progressing towards the life that we desire for ourselves? Do we feel like each day we did some meaningful things? Do we feel like each day we had a little sense of fulfillment? Because yeah, we did complete a few items that were important to us. Not did we complete everything on earth today? <laughs> so I know some of you personally, and you're so hard on yourself. And I just say, you know what? If you made it through 12 sessions with me doing this, I just, I want to celebrate you. And I want to give yourself permission to enjoy more of your week. That, that should be scheduled in. I think high-performance productivity includes scheduled in free time, scheduled in dork time, recovery time, hobby time, wandering around Portland, Oregon time. Like, it's got to be built. Like, you got to build that in for yourself. 
I feel like I productively wasted a great amount of time this week. I feel really good about it. I very productively wasted it. I planned it. I said, just like that, I'm going to block myself in this room, block time. I'm going to block myself in this room, drop the shades, not shower, and for six hours, consume garbage on television. Let's go. This is going to be a very productive session, Brennan. And I felt great, a very high sense of completion. So I really want to encourage you that some of what should be productive is your free time, your screw-off time. That productivity, just to accomplish more tasks, isn't the point. Productivity, to live a better quality of life with more enjoyment, more meaning, and more progress, that's what we're after. That's the kind of productivity that I think is intriguing. I'm not after a greater to-do list. I'm after a more fulfilling, progress-driven, engaged life. And so for those who guilt yourself so much about the time that you take to read something that you didn't need to read, but you enjoyed it, to have that two hours with the kids, even though you know you could be doing other things, but you have the hours with the kids, let yourself do that. Stop being so hard on yourself. I really believe that we've become a society because of social media really addicted this idea that we got to be going 24-7, grind, grind, grind. That's why you've never heard me. I never, I just did an entire seminar, four-day personal development seminar. I guarantee I'm probably the only cat in the, who has a social media sort of uh, influence at this level who could pull off a four-day personal development seminar and not use the word grind. I purposely didn't use it for four days because I don't want life to feel like that. It doesn't mean that there aren't times we've got a SWAT team and yes, you know, grind hard to get things done. But why is everyone espousing having a life full of grind? I'm like, that's your outcome. That's, that's not what I believe high performance productivity is. At least it's not from what the research showed. The, the research very clearly showed that high performers are positively engaged and they are joyous. They are enjoying the journey. They don't feel like it's a grind. They feel like it's more, they, they, they would more relate with the concept of flow than they would grit and hustle or grind. And that's their word choices in the surveys, not mine. So I, I don't think, I, I hope at least I'm not framing it that those things are wrong. What I'm trying to reframe is maybe there's a different outcome to why you need to be productive and to how to approach it and feel about it and celebrate it. And for a group like this, knowing so many of you personally from the mastermind, I do desperately hope that you give yourself some credit as you move forward these next couple of months because so many of you are in transition and your productivity in transition looks very different than productivity in certainty. And so just like you can beat on yourself for well, I was more productive when I was in my 20s, and many of you feel like you're not productive enough right now in transition. And I got to say, well, yeah, of course you were more productive when you knew exactly what you were doing because you did it for 20 years and there were known outcomes and everything was very clear and everything was predictable, but you're in transition now. So it's okay that your productivity looks like a longer line 
than it used to. It's, you know, what you used to, you feel like, what it used to feel like in, in 20 minutes, I could get all these things done. Yeah, but you knew what they were. When you're in moments of transition, you have to honor the fact that productivity does take longer because there's more unknowns. More unknowns, the longer you have to allow yourself. And that's why I want to say it to you all as this parting session is to give yourself some credit because some of you are hurrying yourself right now. Hurrying yourself right now. And I'm okay. Hey, look, I'm gonna look, I, I would I I believe life is short, as you know. I want to get a lot done. I want to move towards my goals and fulfillment, but I'm incredibly patient with myself. Because in unknowns, that time elongates a little bit. And so be okay with that. I, I know you might have achieved a different project. 10 times faster in a different world or a different situation or a different setting. But now you're in a new place and you're sitting at your house or in your new office and you're going, I wonder what the hell I am I supposed to be doing. <laughs> so when you're seeking clarity, meaning you don't have it precisely, you don't have certainty, productivity time extends and you have to dance with that and be okay with that. Because the worst thing you can do is in moments of transition, beat yourself up about your own productivity because what your mind will start doing is playing a trick on you. It will start, your mind will go, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like myself in this situation. I'm not as productive. And then your brain plays this trick where it starts blaming the new thing you're trying and saying, well, this thing's not right for me. Because I... I'm a productive person over in this situation. I used to get all this done and now I'm kind of waffling around a little bit. And so your brain goes, it must be the situation. We're in the wrong space. We're trying the wrong thing. Wrong goals. This isn't for me. Oh my God. And you bail on something that in fact could be right for you. It's just that you didn't understand that in transition, you have to elongate that productivity line and take a breath in. You know, whenever I start something new, I go, you know, I'm probably going to be a hot mess at this for about two years. I really do. I just feel like, and I just give myself that allowance. I'm like, huh, this is probably going to take me two years. And maybe some of you have been on this journey with me. You've seen me, you've seen me at a mastermind over a year ago break out of vlogging camera, right? Some of you were at, there with us in Phoenix when I got this new vlogging camera and I was toting it around the mastermind room and I was all excited about it. That was over a year ago. And guess what? Look at my YouTube channel. I've done what? Four vlog videos in that year? Some people say, well, Brennan, you are not a productive person. I have, but I don't feel that way because I'm okay to elongate my mind. It's not that I wasn't implementing and trying and practicing and learning new things. It wasn't that I wasn't studying, getting perspective. And if you look, the last two vlog videos on my YouTube channel, they both got over 200,000 views because I did them well, but it's not like those were my first ones. It took me, those are a year and a, like learning how to shoot and how I do it. That took like about a year and a half to figure out for me. And so I could say, well, Brennan, you usually implement faster than that. Yeah, that, that would be true in certain circumstances in which I understand the foundation, I understand the outcomes, there's certainty. But in a moment of transition, I go, you know, Brendan, you're gonna suck at this for about two years. That's okay. And I hope this is really hitting well with you all because 
I know some of you in the mastermind who I care so deeply about, you're so hard on yourself and you're not recognizing you're in that transition time in which productivity lines do extend. Time has to extend. The, what you acquired wisdom in and the last thing was so, you know, you had years to do that. It's going to be that way in this one. You, you got to give yourself, you, you'll learn it faster than you did last time in general, but you can't really speed up wisdom that much. You can speed up learning. You can speed up best practice. You can speed up acquisition. You can speed up implementation. But like real in your heart competency, knowing with a capital K, knowing time, my friend. So give yourself some credit. I hope you enjoyed that listen in on one of my uh, sessions with some of my mastermind members. It's the first time I've ever actually broadcast something like this from one of our private sessions, but I got so much feedback about that one where people are like, oh my gosh, I've been feeling so down on myself. I didn't realize I was doing something new. I need to give myself some more time, Brendan. Oh my God, breakthrough. Ah, <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. Listen in and don't make those productivity flaws in your own life. The ultimate productivity flaw is measuring yourself inappropriately. You know, being hard on yourself or not recognizing what you should be measuring and moving towards. And so I say one last thing on productivity flaws. Just because you get a lot of stuff done, don't always think that that means you're doing the right things. I think this is a good time of year for people to take a step back and say, hey, am I on the right path this year? I mean, yeah, maybe I've been doing a lot of things, but are those things the ones that matter? You know, I always say there's a big difference between uh, busy work and our life's work. And our goal as high performers is to bend more of our days toward our life's work, towards things that are mission-driven, heart-centered, the things that make us feel fulfilled, satisfied, joyous. It doesn't mean that we don't have little menial tasks. Hey, listen, after, I done, after I'm done doing this right now, this podcast, because when I'm filming this, my, my uh, team is unavailable, so I, I'm doing this by myself. I'm going to go back through. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do all the cutting. I'm going to upload. I'm going to post it. I'm going to do the social media on it. I'm going to get this podcast out. A lot of that, yeah, I could outsource, but it is all, and instead of getting angry that I got to do all that today versus some big team or whatever, I recognize every little step of that is fulfilling and serving my mission, even as some pieces of it, I'm like, gosh, I could outsource this so much easy and save some time. If what you are doing is adding to the direction and the thrust of your mission. Congratulations, my friend. Give yourself some credit. You're marching along. You're on your own path. Stay on that path. Keep doing the things that contribute to and serve your mission and serve others, and you'll start to feel more productive, more fulfilled, more high-performing. Part two, expand your vision. If you saw my YouTube video this week, I dropped a new vlog. And in that YouTube vlog, I did my first unboxing ever. I kind of started uh, behind the scenes at my High Performance Academy event, but I sort of zapped into my home office and I had a box and I took it over to my table and I unpackaged it on video. And in that box, 
was something really exciting for an author like me. It was the contracts for about 10 different languages around the world for either High Performance Habits or my book, The Motivation Manifesto. And it was such a fulfilling sort of moment opening that um, overall, I'm in over 40 languages around the world across my six different books that I've put out so far. And I shared that because, you know, I learned along the way that you have to expand your vision. You, you've probably heard me say, raise your ambitions before, but sometimes it's not just about becoming more and more, more successful in terms of ambition, but really allowing different parts of your life to expand your vision. You know, you're in a different stage of life right now. Maybe you can open up that next field of opportunity in your own mind and expand the vision for what's possible for you and your family right now. It's what I'm kind of doing as an author right now and looking around the world and thinking, gosh, my book is in 40 different languages. And, you know, my vision has always been to be um, a personal development trainer and speaker and coach. And in that vision, I've always wanted to make sure that, you know, I attain a, a level of personal excellence that both inspires other people, but makes me challenge my own self to keep getting better and better and better and better. And yet most of that vision has been for me limited towards my own capabilities and my own language of English. And while all these translations of my books have happened, I didn't have the vision earlier enough to say, hey, you know, uh, I, I know people from around the world watch my YouTube videos. I, I can see people from around the world listen to my podcast. I can see people from around the world access my Facebook and my other social media platforms and people are reading my books around the world. But I hadn't yet translated any of my online courses yet into other languages. And the question, of course, is, well, why not? And I've been asked that a lot recently. Brendan, why, why don't you have all your online courses in this language or that language? And I'll share a little bit of that first. Part of the reasons that we don't expand our vision is because we're so focused on the next step or the next year and implementing our goals that fulfill a certain vision from a certain type time of our life, but not necessarily expanding the vision. Let me give you an example. You know, for us, we've still been evolving the business model of my online courses. And this is probably something I'm, I'm most known for. If, if, if you say, well, what's different about Brendan versus, you know, 50 other motivational speakers or thousands of social media influencers, it's that hands down, I've created more personal and professional development curriculum than any of my peers times 10. You know, I've, I've got 13 major online video courses. And these are comprehensive curriculum built courses. And we've been doing this since 2006 with online courses. Our first online course actually um, was on sale in 2007. And that might not sound like a lot, 13 of them, but in one genre, that's quite a few. And when you consider 2 million people have either taken our online courses or went through the video series associated with those or those promotions, it's a pretty big segment of people into some online courses. And I'm pretty well known for that, but I'm still evolving the model. For example, many of you, I hope you've heard about our all access program. That's where every single month I give you access to a brand new personal development course. 
And many of these are multi-week courses. So it's not like a new video or, or just one thing. It's like literally a multi-week course, four weeks or five weeks or six-week course that I unlock for you every single first of the month all year long. And it's sort of uh, been called the Netflix of personal development by the industry and my students, which I'm super stoked about. And I tell you that though, and, and by the way, if you're interested in that, just go to brendan.com forward slash access. And that's a redirect link. It will get you to the page to learn about that. For a dollar trial, you can unlock $600 of courses right now. And then every month, I'll still mail you or email you access to a brand new one. So that's brendan.com forward slash access. That's what we call the Netflix of personal development or, you know, in my company, we just call it the all access program. But I shared that with you because we just got there with that all access program. I was selling them all a cart for the last 12 years. And so what happened was I was so focused on selling each one individually, which to meet my goals and to build out my team to be able to do that and to build out the funnels to be able to make sure those are selling all year long. Uh, we have the most popular courses in the world in motivation, habits, and confidence right now. And I think what happened though is sometimes in the goal to automate something, the goal to make something successful, the goal to make something work, you know, sometimes we miss the bigger picture. I should have in parallel as we were, once I completed those courses, I should have immediately expanded my vision and thought, wow, what if we could serve people around the world on this one? Let's get these translated right away into these five other major languages. Instead, I was just trying to implement them and automate them and scale and sell those here in US or I should say English languages worldwide. And so in other words, my vision was limited by my very next goals. Does that make sense? My vision became limited by my very next goals. It's great to have goals, but you have to look beyond the goals to the bigger picture. And so where could you expand your vision? Maybe it's not reaching customers globally, or maybe it is. Maybe it's not the same as, you know, working through these languages, but maybe there's a part of you or part of your vision that's been limited just because you're so focused on the next thing. So let's think about it for a moment. Let's skip the next thing. And let's jump out five years from now. So if we leapt five years from now and you had, let's say, a, you know, an extra five million bucks in the bank, now what would you choose to do? And I, now let's go beyond the pleasure-seeking things. Well, I'd vacation, I'd travel, I'd do my fun things. That's cool. But for your mission, if you could now have more unlimited resources, what would you do? How would you scale or how many more people would you serve in what way if you didn't have to worry about resources? Now, I know that's you know, a pipe dream in some ways, we could say, well, we'll always have to worry about resources, but you get my thrust here. It's, hey, let's expand your vision a little bit. Let's jump beyond the next goal. Let's jump five years out for you and your family and your team and the people you're serving. What are you doing in five years from now? You know, as I'm recording this, part of the reason I'm recording on this new microphone, and, and again, I apologize if it's not the same sound quality as usual, but you're going to have to put up for this for a couple sessions because I'm on the road and I'm about to go on an extended international trip. Um, only Montanans say international. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm excited about it. 
and I'm about to go on a couple week trip internationally to expand the brand in other parts of the world. And I'll tell you more about that as we go through that uh, and we complete that process. But it it is a, a an exciting thing, and it's expanding my vision to be represented in other areas around the world without me having to go there. And I've also been recently expanding my vision beyond just you know direct to consumer. As many of you know, I provide you know personal development training for you or through my students or others. But listen, uh, I've also been developing this huge offering where we fulfill the personal development needs for major companies. So it's more of a B2B offering where we go in and we say, hey, listen, uh, unless you get your teams and your employees towards you know practicing high-performance habits, you're, you're just going to struggle. You're you can keep measuring their personality and having these, you know, conversations around tables of what's your strength and hey, what's your strength and and you can keep focusing on things that don't relate to proven performance improvement or you can now say, okay, let's get performance improvement. Let's really focus on the habits that will make that happen. And so a lot of companies, they don't really have a personal development source. And part of that is nobody has really provided this level of curriculum development in the past than we've done here at High Performance Institute um, and what I've been able to do over my last 12 years. So we've taken some of what I have over the last 12 years, some other work from psychologists that we've been working with here, and some of our coaches and consultants, and we're providing the total solution for major companies where their, you know, month, their, their employees get monthly access to some of my courses, to some original research that we do, where we have trained the trainers go in and train their HR departments on how to roll out leadership, high-performance type training, where we do professional, you know, scalable assessments for their executive teams, where we provide coaching to their teams. And that's a big part of what we do at High Performance Institute moving forward. And I share that because that's expanding the vision. See, my immediate task on any day, given basis is, you know, I'm doing my social media each day. That's a goal. I got to get that done. I got to do these podcasts. I got to do my, you know, my vlogs. I'm doing all these things, but I'm also running this huge company. And running this company has expanded my vision, right? Because now it's not just worldwide in other languages. It's also having that ability to think at a bigger level of getting into, into major organizations. I've spoken to major organizations. I've coached major organizational leaders, Fortune 500 CEOs. I've helped a lot of mid-sized and larger companies develop and grow with some leadership-type curriculum, but this is different. It's getting in there. I mean, it's doing assessments, consulting, coaching, training, um, providing resources and tools, doing special broadcasts for their employees every month. That overall service offering is very unique in the marketplace, especially when you consider the number of resources and tools we're able to bring it to it because not only do I have my own, obviously, personal development courses, but I've got access to most of the industries. So I'm able to piece together solutions that are really specific for organizations. That wasn't really part of my vision five years ago, but that's where I'm at now. And I've had to start broadening that vision every single year. Like, okay, let me make it a goal. Expand your vision, Brendan. Five years out, what would you do? Expand your vision, Brendan. Five years out, what would you do? And so I hope you 
Get a little inspiration from that. Thinking about your own career. Go beyond the next goal, my friend. Expand that vision. You deserve it. You'll serve more people. And it will fully engage you once more. Part three, recovery basics. I get asked all the time, Brennan, how do you recover from these crazy events? And I know it's been a, a conversation that you hear a lot in our High Performance Habits podcast and these four breakthrough sessions. It will continue because a huge part of my life is active recovery. If I don't take care of myself on the daily, I cannot serve on those big stages. I can't do these podcasts with energy and vibrancy and hopefully some pop, you know? I can't do those vlogs and, and survive them. I can't do those coaching sessions, virtual and in person. I can't lead my team. I can't serve as a role model for those who are trying to come up in this industry. So it takes a lot to recover. You know, so much of what I'm always teaching is the tactic or the strategies to, you know, build your brand or your business or become high performing. And a lot of people know me for that kind of um, sort of strategic stuff in our industry through Experts Academy. If you've never been to Experts Academy, uh, we've got one coming up here in just another month um, in California. If you're interested in learning how I do my overall career, from how I you know, get books published and promote and automate book selling and how I do you know, paid speeches or how I actually make money doing seminars or, on, or creating online courses, like the actual craft of being a thought leader today and how to commercialize that, that's called Experts Academy, the longest running thought leader training in the world that at least is cross-disciplinary in terms of writing, speaking, coaching, training, seminars, et cetera. If you're interested in that, go to brendan.com forward slash live, brendan.com forward slash live. That will take you to our upcoming Experts Academy um, page where you can learn about dates and details. But all of the craft of doing this only works if I recover. And I really believe that people have left recovery strategically absent from their day, but not by any other thing than just complete neglect. You have to put recovery back into the strategy of your day and your week. It just has to be in there. You know, when I begin my day and I finally look at my schedule, I know where I'm going to fit in a meditation, a nap, or a workout. When I plan my seminars, I plan every little element of how to survive that. As you've heard from other, you know, four breakthroughs podcasts from how I prepare the week before to how I survive at the event. And then afterwards, I basically follow four simple guidelines of recovery basics. So let's imagine I just finished high performance habits uh, last Sunday at 1 p.m. And here's what I did over the la last, you know, five, six days to recover. Number one, active recovery workouts. What does that mean? It means literally the day after a seminar where I've pushed and gone and gone 90 miles an hour, the, the, the next day I make sure that I, you know, hit the elliptical, the rower and the bike really hard so that I don't completely crash, that I, I, if I was full exertion physically for four, five days, the next day I can't just stop and lay on the couch or bed. I'll feel terrible and I'll probably get sick. So I've got to have an active recovery where that next day 
I'm really focused on continuing movement throughout the day. So I might do, you know, a 15 minute HIIT training in the morning and then the afternoon, a long walk. And then towards the evening, a quick, you know, cycling session and, but all fairly, you know, the first one's very intense. Like I would be at my event and then kind of by the end of the day, you know, making it a simpler, you know, from walking to a simple bike. So in part of each of those then also includes the active recovery basic of mobility and flexibility training. So you would see me, you know, <laughs> pretty much on the floor, stretching, rolling out with foam rollers or medicine balls and sort of rolling on top of them and sort of just trying to open up and bust up and move around that fascia and keep my 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 body and my mobility open. Because if you go intense for five days and then you just stop, your body will get so stiff and it will hate you. It's not just in the moment, like most people think, well, I, I shouldn't just sprint and stop because it'll build up lactic acid and cause you know pain or inflammation. It's like, hey, that that's true the next day and the next day and the next day. I mean, the body really does need time to recover. So it's really important for me to have those active recovery workouts. And that goes on for days, okay? That's a really important part of active recovery workouts, mobility, flexibility, and what I call a metered workout where you know it's as equal and intense the next day and then you meter it down to easier workouts over the course of the next three days to give your body time to recover, but you're still active. The second thing I do is I have no scheduled work meaning I finish Sunday at one, I tend to not schedule any work whatsoever Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Now, it doesn't mean I might not do some work Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, you know, here or there, or solve a specific need or a problem from the team. Um, but in general, I try not to do any Monday and Tuesday, and then I ramp myself up on Wednesday, meaning I give myself a nice 48-hour recovery time. And I think that's really important for people. If you've gone hard and intense, literally for five days, I mean, full on, full out, high performance style, and then you, you, you need to give your mind a break. You need to take 48 hours away. And what I mean by that, when I say away, I, in that time, I don't do much or any social media. I don't consume the news. I'm not reading unless it's reading just for recreational pleasure. I'm not doing any research. I'm not doing much, if any, email. I'm really just trying to, you know, do my active workouts, take walks, and, you know, give my mind a break. You know, a lot of people's burnout isn't necessarily physical burnout, though that's true for many people who don't focus on their sleep and their nutrition. A lot of people's burnout is mental and visual fatigue. Like, I strain causes unbelievable physiological fatigue, eye strain. But then also um, lack of sleep, lack of good proper nutrition. I'll talk about that in a moment. But lack of a break is the real killer for people. So if you go hard five days, I'm telling you, give yourself you know, a two-day recovery. I'm not saying you, you don't do any work. Um, I'm at that stage now in my career that I've really tried to build that in and that expectation in. So there's no scheduled phone calls. There's no scheduled projects due. It's just off the grid. It doesn't mean I might not, you know, react to some things, but in general, 
I mean, I'm really off the grid. I even forced myself to go in my home, you know, sort of living room theater, lock the door and sit and watch, you know, two or three hours of television, which is a big deal for me, you know, just to turn off. And so that's about making sure if I showed up in your life and we looked at your calendar, when you're going hard, is there some time that's not scheduled for you to recover and be a human again? If not, you're wading towards burnout. And frankly, you know, your mission deserves better than you keeping allowing yourself to burn out. Number three is I move towards what's majorly an anti-inflammatory diet. I don't um, consume a lot, if any, of, you know, breads, white starches, sugars, alcohols for, you know, a period of usually about a week after my events, just like I don't in the week before the event and the week of the event. So obviously my events are keeping you really healthy, you know, by doing seminar training events, it, it forces you to be in great exceptional health. And so that's really good. Uh, and that anti-inflammatory diet, I get asked a lot about that. It basically means a ton of plant-based kind of uh, approach. It's fairly vegan. I might throw in some, you know, salmon, some fish, um, some plant-based protein shakes, but in general, I try to knock out as much inflammation as possible. I don't have acidic drinks. I um, I really take care not to cause further inflammation than the five days of intense period I just did. And number four is love and fun. You know, if you're recovering, part of that recovery should be celebration. To feel like, oh, yeah, you know, all that crazy work was worth it because now I get to chill a, a little bit. So what I do is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm, I'm recovering. I might start working a little bit more Wednesday or Thursday. And then Friday, I try to make sure that I go out with friends, family, or take my lady out on a date and just enjoy connection to, to celebrate and talk through what was accomplished and experience it and feel it because I really think that um, your recovery must include celebration. Otherwise, you're just back at the grind, if you will. Um, and like you do that too many times over and over and over again, you lose the sense of satisfaction and meaning and joy from work. We have to socialize our wins. And if you, I mean, what's the point of all that productivity if at some point you're also not getting to have more free time with your family and your friends? I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Be, you know, remember the definition of high performance is succeeding beyond standard norms consistently over the long term while still maintaining well-being and positive relationships. And so the goal, the outcomes is health, is positive relationships, because that's not only what's been proven to obviously help with longevity, but with, you know, immediate senses of satisfaction, immediate senses of happiness in a day-to-day and -day, a week-by-week and a month-by-month -month basis. It's important that we're connecting with other people. And I really believe that connecting with other people helps us recover from the, the challenges. I think it's important that, you know, if you go in really hard and you're doing social things like I'm doing where, you know, I'm with 2,000 people, those days afterwards, I'm basically by myself or with my wife. I, I don't talk or socialize at all until I get my voice back on Wednesday. And I'm just pretty silent and I, you know, I go inside and I meditate and I calm myself down and I recenter and get ready to serve again. But, you know, by like 
like I said, by Thursday, Friday, I'm out with friends playing racquetball or going out on the town or out with my lady at a restaurant and socializing as a celebration that re-energizes me to go at it again. Part four, adventure. You know, I'm recording this right now after, I think it was my third time today, maybe my fourth time in my entire life having done hot yoga. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Bikram yoga. It was uh, a hot yoga that was really warm, super intense. I mean, I sweat like, you know, usually after three hours of playing racquetball level of sweat in just one hour. It was a superheated room, probably, I don't know, 40 people in there. It was packed. And we had a, an instructor who really moved us through the motions. I mean, it was it was people who were more familiar with yoga in that room than certainly I am. So a lot of mine just kind of gawking around like, oh, what, what are we doing now? And just trying to keep up, frankly. But it's it was fun. And my wife asked me to do it literally yesterday. And I had all these plans, including this podcast and the vlog and the newsletter and replying to some clients and closing a deal and preparing for this huge trip I'm about to take. But she said it. And I was like, you know, that wasn't on the plan. But yeah, that, that sounds great. And it is exercise. And I was going to exercise anyway. So yeah, let's go do it. And having that mentality, I think as we get older, you know, I'm in my 40s now, I think it's important to say yes to things that we haven't yet, yet tried before. And, and honestly, one hot yoga experience I had before wasn't good. But I think it's important not to sort of cross out things that we tried once before at a time in our life when things have changed now. We might perceive them differently. You know, I have, I have someone who I care about a lot who is very anti-camping. And as an example, I said, well, why don't you like camping? They said, well, I, I just never liked it. I said, when's the last time you did it? And they're like, in their teens with their parents. I'm like, That's, that, you can't even assume that you do like it or don't like it you, there, uh, until you've done it. So sometimes it's saying yes at different stages of our life. You know, I know friends who they, they hated roller coasters when they're teenagers. Now they love them. I know people who, you know, hated this type of restaurant. And then we're like, wow, I had a friend who just discovered this thing called sushi. He's like, oh my gosh, he's in his 40s. He's discovering sushi. I think he should have said yes to it at another stage of his life at some point. And I think that's what happens. We lose senses of adventure, little senses of adventure, by saying no based on assumptions. Like I could have said, no, I don't. I had hot yoga one time. I didn't like it. I was like, you know what? It can get hit in the day. Sure, let's go try it. That mentality, sure, let's go try it. Put some more of that back in your life. Remember the joys of discovering things. If we're going to live a fully charged life, we have to have spontaneity and surprise in there. But you can't have spontaneity and surprise unless you say yes once in a while to some things that maybe you weren't, you maybe didn't like at a different time of your life, or maybe things you didn't plan for. And I think it's really important that a sense of adventure, just that sense of a sense, a sense of adventure on a daily basis is as important as the scale of an adventure, right? As an example, me going to hot yoga today was just as adventurous as me choosing to go to, you know, Asia tomorrow, which is what I'm doing. I don't think Asia is any bigger more than an adventure than I just took today in a hot yoga class because it's ultimately you know, whatever we do in our life, it's ultimately a journey within anyway. No matter how far we go, we 
just keep discovering new pieces of ourselves each time. Every time we go on a trip, we discover our backyards a little different. Every time we go on a new experience, we learn a little bit more about ourselves, and it's why it's important to keep putting yourself out there, keep saying yes, keep trying new things, keep trying to expand, keep trying to expand your social circles so you meet new people who introduce you to new things. And I know some of you right now in your life, you're like, I am tired of new things, Brendan. I've been trying new things for months and months and months, years. I just want a sense of certainty and everything else. I'm like, okay, I get it. There's time to batten down the hatches, time to really focus. I, I hear that too. But listen, I'm an extremely focused and disciplined guy, but I make sure that I keep opening my life to yeses to new things because I've seen so many people burn out in their careers, especially in my industry, who lose the vibe and lose the joy of it. The mission and the heart was real, but they overscheduled themselves and they got into a place where it was all routine, all procedure, all task, all get things done, all to-do lists, and they lost the heart and the vibe and the joy and the power of a new day. You know, it reminds me of something that Ralph Waldo Emerson said. He said, we are always getting ready to live, but never living. And so that inspires me to say, open up that sense of adventure again, my friend, because it could really change everything for you. It has for me my entire life. It's kept me spontaneous and fun and alive. And that mission, that part of me that loves and yearns to be disciplined and to be excellent at things really also thanks that other free-spirited part of me that seeks to go beyond routine and discipline and habit into the unknown once in a while for adventure because ultimately adventure is also another recovery technique. So I thought I would end this four breakthrough session with a reading. If you've read my book, The Charge, this is the opening sort of um, preamble of that book. It's something I wrote called Out There. The charged life, the truly lived life, is not a routine existence in some quaint, picturesque village of safety and certainty. No, the life worth living is out there, in the wooded wilds of the unknown, on the craggy battlefields that test our wits and wills, in the daily fights with our own demons. It is found during the long onward slog through the storms and strife when we hear only the whispers and taunts of foes and opponents stronger than we. On the ground where we are knocked sprawling and forced to face our own weaknesses and on the mountaintops that we reach only because we pitted our every ounce of virtue, strength, character, and courage to keep climbing no matter the slings and arrows flung at our backs or the barriers thrown up before us. It is out there that we come face to face with the best in ourselves and with our destiny. It is out there in a new world of uncertainty and adventure that we push ourselves, better ourselves, realize ourselves. It is only in the Herculean quest for something more that life fills us with wisdom and meaning, but only after we have paid with our sweat and at times our tears. It is in the marching on when we are tired and weak and fearful and in the camaraderie of those warriors we have striven with, our brothers, sisters, and family and friends who cheered us on and toiled with us despite the messiness and apparent madness of it all. It is out there on the path less traveled 
an uncharted path chosen by each of us alone, an often meandering, overgrown path that leads only to another unpaved road or open field of opportunity, where we must strike out once more with the same hope for victory and transcendence. It is out there when we have the guts to stand naked before the world as who we truly are, when we peer into the souls of those around us and finally see in them the image of the divine, that we plunge ourselves bravely and unconditionally into love that has no bottom or boundary. It is out there, outside the confines of our comforts and the pleasures of our accumulations, beyond our architecture of the routine, that we slip the bonds of our limiting beliefs, soar magnificently above our own shortcomings, and express our highest selves. It is out there in a world rich with choice and challenge and fear and freedom that your greatest gifts and adventures await you. Listen, it is out there that destiny calls. Be bold and ready yourself. It is time to charge once again. I hope you've enjoyed this session of Four Breakthroughs. If you did, do me a favor, my friend, go on to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe rate and review this podcast either on the brendan show or on high performance hobbits podcast it is your support that is helping this inspiring message reach more people every single week thank you for helping grow my message my podcast my books my seminars my videos my vlogs i appreciate your support every single day of my life it is doing this work for you that fires me up each time until next time my friend as always go live your life this week love others openly and go make a difference today. Hey, it's Brendan, and I wanna tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so and you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs and, and they've always had these different logins they've been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post, I can post. We can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio, so can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have 
trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I wanna jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the US, you can text me at one 503 I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brandon, or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me, 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there, my team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503 212 6125.